what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. travelers and welcome once again to the before and after show if you guys listen to last week's episode you'll know that this is the after show for valentine's day which was at the time of this recording yesterday mm-hmm. and uh, was probably far away if you're listening to this anytime that's not today yeah. which is all of you so last week we were joined by our wives Kristen smith hi and, and hannah. hannah hi <laughs> <laughs> I'm MJ Smith, and... I'm Corey Tyndall. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Um, so, last week what happened is the wives assigned a husband a movie to watch, and the husbands assigned <laughs> the wives a movie to watch, and we're here to talk about them and our final thoughts on them. They were all, four of them were movies the other person hadn't seen mm-hmm. before. So, I think it was a really eclectic mix of films that yes. we, we had to watch last week but yes it i was. think it worked out but before we get into that um have you guys watched anything recently uh we watched casablanca <laughs> last night it's oh, so yeah. weird so did we no what we all went to see casablanca together yep. last night. Yeah. is it casablanca or casablanca because Blanca. they were like casablanca like well, the whole movie it was just a bunch of like their friends of americans <laughs> yeah <laughs> It was just old-timey uh-huh. people. Yeah. It was right. like a newsreel, but a uh, full movie. Yeah. I didn't know how to pronounce it. Uh, <laughs> so two of us had seen it before. Mm-hmm. Hannah, you and I have seen it before. And mm-hmm. Corey and Kristen, you guys hadn't seen it before. No. True. Yeah. So what what did you guys think of it? I liked it. I, I think I told you after we came out of the movie. I've seen numerous, like movies or tv shows spoof a lot of the stuff from casablanca but i've never seen the source material so Mm -hmm. there was a lot the way scenes would get set up i'm like i think i know where this is going or like oh it's like oh i know what line is coming up next even though i've never seen it Mm -hmm. but i liked it i liked the story overall yeah i found it was hilarious because i was finding myself uh almost thinking like in parts that they were it was really cliche Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, it's not, it wasn't cliche. This was the first yeah. movie yeah. that did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like with, there's so many iconic lines from that movie. Yeah. There's so many that, that are even in just like kind of have woven themselves into pop culture and just the way that we speak and, mm-hmm. yeah. and you don't even realize they're from that movie. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, funny. it's pretty telling that, um, it was cut short due to sound issues, but right before the movie, they were showing Carrot Blanca, the Looney yeah. Tunes Casablanca parody, yeah. <laughs> which I totally remember seeing as a kid, like on Cartoon Network when they would show Looney Tunes. Um, and that was my second time seeing the movie, and man, that thing holds up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's a reason it's still around. <laughs> yeah. I saw it for the first time, I think, in high school, which I was telling you guys that 
I think it was early high school that I saw it and my mom raved about it and said it was this great movie and she showed it to me and I was so mad <laughs> about it because I thought it ended sadly and stupidly and I was just ticked and I was just mad about it. Um, and so I was really looking forward to seeing it again with adult eyes and it definitely changed my whole opinion of it. Mm-hmm. Having a more mature look on life yeah. <laughs> and being married had <laughs> a more so it's a it's a good movie. If you haven't seen it, what's wrong with you? We were like driving home <laughs> and I was like, Hannah, if this scenario ever happens to us, like <laughs> the choice is obvious. Yes. I would stay with you. Yes. <laughs> You'd get on the plane with me. But please don't trick me and make me think that you're dead. No. <laughs> Well, that's not really that wasn't that's his not fault like at all. No, no, no. That's not not even a little bit. No. No. no, no, but that's what Corey would do. No, so. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. But yes, it was quite fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's good, man. It's super well written. Like that first forty-five minutes. That's just the first intro night at Rick's. Mm-hmm. Is oh man, it's gangbusters, man. It's so good. Um, I even checked my watch after that to be like, wow, that was a huge chunk of the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How long was it? And it's just 45 minutes of talking. Yeah. 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 And it is, it's, it's like, it's sweet. And it's based on a play and it, that, that, like, that part very much felt like stagey mm-hmm. yeah. in a good way. Yeah. 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 I think that was the other thing that threw me off when I was in high school because I had very little patience for political things in movies and it's a World War II movie and Mm -hmm. I just and and they talk so fast in that era and so I think I just I didn't remember any of the war stuff like when the movie started I was like I completely forgot about all of this the only thing I remembered was the like romantic tension stuff so um being able to you know pay attention and understand that this time (laughs) around was like oh this movie makes a lot of sense and it's really good so I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Did you guys watch anything else? Besides the movies we were assigned <laughs> to watch? Yeah. I don't think so. Not really. Thinking. No. No. We were going to watch something on Saturday and then we ended up not watching something. Yeah. <laughs> but But yeah. So besides our movies for today, uh, nothing. What about you guys? We saw Deadpool. Oh, yeah. We did. Oh, we did. What's the, uh... Yeah, what's the You were kind of telling me some last night, but... Yeah, uh, you go ahead, Kristen. Uh, first of all, not as obscene as it makes itself out to be. Oh. Okay. Um, everyone... I mean, definitely, I think the message that everyone is saying is don't bring children to it, and that is absolutely correct. Yeah. But from what I was hearing, I wasn't even sure that I would be comfortable sitting through it. And it was it was just kind of immature. It wasn't. Okay. It was just like high, a lot of high school humor. It wasn't like super raunchy and like yeah. the worst movie ever. Because like a lot of yeah. people were warning everyone yeah, about it. Yeah, I saw it. some of that, and I was like, "Isn't this like a superhero movie?" I was confused. I mean, it but is, I mean, Corey has filled me in on who Deadpool is. Yeah, so. he's not exactly, and there is <laughs> there was definitely one scene that I couldn't watch. Um, but I mean, that's in a lot of superhero movies. Like there's always a scene that I can't watch. So, you know. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, this is this is the perfect movie to like take your fourteen to sixteen year old nephew to if you want to be the cool uncle. Yeah, <laughs> like one of those like don't tell your mom about this, but we're gonna go do this type of things. And it's not like I mean, you can get in if you're a minor as long as you have someone over twenty one with you. Um, and it's not anything they're going to hear. They're not going to hear in the locker room at school. Mm-hmm. So it's not. It was. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be. Like straight up filthy. Yeah, and it's just like yeah. it's not really <laughs> like it's. I mean, there's like innuendos and stuff like that, and there's like an extended sex scene, but there's. I mean, it's only the one scene. It's like I thought it was gonna be one, all over the place, and, and it mainly. It, dumbly enough, the sex scene is there to make jokes. Yeah, like, oh. everything not, is for jokes. Oh. It's not super sensual or awkward. It's just to make jokes. Oh. Yeah, it's it's a like it's a super irreverent movie, which really fits Deadpool. And that's what I thought they did the best mm-hmm. is they nailed the tone of Deadpool. Yeah, like the character is super arrogant and sarcastic and kind of mean and cynical, but the movie itself isn't like. The movie doesn't necessarily glorify his actions. Like, it get, they give him a foil, kind of literally, yeah. in Colossus, because he's shiny. Mm-hmm. Um, but they give him a foil of, like, there's, like, someone there going, like, hey, like, your morality kind of doesn't exist. Let mm-hmm. me help you with that. And they endear you to the characters enough to where you can kind of see where he's coming from. Yeah. And, like, the loves, the central love story is really sweet. Like, you're you're kind of rooting for the characters... And stuff, but also they're kind of crappy. Like, oh. <laughs> um, but but it's done so uh, tongue in cheek that it it doesn't like it didn't leave me feeling like gross after. Like, yeah, I wasn't like, Ugh, what a bitter like angry movie. No, I think the movie as a whole was actually pretty good natured. Yeah. So, I think that made it easier to watch. Too. Yes, definitely, definitely, and not a uh, not a like wall-to-wall actioner either yeah oh really yeah no they the shot trailers it made it look like it like every action scene in the movie is represented in the trailers oh it's wow. not okay. spoiled necessarily yeah. like there's they go on quite a bit longer but yeah. every action scene in the movie is in the trailers there is one that is i didn't see in the trailers which one the one in the factory in the factory the what? Oh yes, yes. <laughs> but that one, that one was in on the poster. Oh, okay. That I one was like the poster. centerpiece of the IMAX poster. Oh. Um, yeah. So, it, it, and that's because of budgetary constraints. Like you can tell they shot the movie on not a lot of money. Yeah. But it made a ton of money. Yeah. So Deadpool two is going to have a giant budget and be <laughs> not as good. No. Um, but I hope Tim Miller comes back for it. Um. I'm interested to see what he does and how he grows as a director because I think he he capably made the movie um, and I think he can only grow from here and I think he he seems like the kind of guy who he knows his strengths already so he can set those aside and let those do the talking in his next movie and then be able to work on the stuff he's weaker at which is the the sort of um, Actiony stuff, and he's going to have a bigger budget for mm-hmm. sure. So it, it's 
I, I actually think we're going to see him grow from movie to movie. So I don't think it won't be as good. I think it'll probably be better. I hope it's it's better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the movie okay. I've seen better movies. I've seen worse movies. Yeah. I feel like I got everything I needed out of one viewing of it. But yeah. I wouldn't be opposed <laughs> if someone was like, hey, I'm going to throw on Deadpool. I'd be like, that's fine. Yeah. You know, but I'm not wild about it either. Is it going to be uh, Fox's linchpin movie for making their new universe with the X-Men? I've heard some people talk about that. <laughs> it's the best X-Men movie. Yeah. I've heard people be like, yeah, Deadpool is going to be that kind of film where they bring in the X-Men and kind of the crossover stuff. And I yeah, mean, it well, definitely is. That's what yeah. the first movie is. They're also really setting up to X-Force yeah. in this one. So, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm i interested to see where the X-Movies go from here because the tone is so different. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I kind of hate about the X-Men movies is they're... <laughs> They're, like, super dark for no reason. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, here's the X-Men hanging out. It's always, like, everything's going bad always. (laughs) And that's not really how the comics are. So (laughs) Deadpool kind of brings some of that into it. Like, it's kind of like a side story where there's, like, a couple X-Men hanging out, like, Teenage Negasonic Warhead and... Um, Colossus. Colossus and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. So you kind of get that, like, there's a sense that, like, oh, hey, the world isn't ending all the time. Like, some of the stuff they do is just hang out. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, it's good. Yeah. If, if you're interested in seeing it, I would say go see it. I, mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't feel like we wasted our time with it, but. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Mm-hmm. Two thumbs up. Yep. <laughs> Anything else? You guys have seen, or? We finished season one of Steven Universe. Mm-hmm. I had already finished it. That's true. You watched mm-hmm. it twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good. It's a good show. Uh, the last handful of episodes are really funny from, like, a criticism standpoint. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. They just, like, they, like, talk about criticism to the point where I feel like someone on their staff is a film critic. Or some sort of art (laughs) critic, like a book critic or something. Because they just, like, nailed the personality of, like, someone who likes criticism and who (laughs) is a critic versus, like, someone who's not. And so the person who is, like, very critical is just like, ugh, I thought this was stupid. And the person who just, like, enjoys stuff is just like... I thought this was fine, actually. <laughs> and, um, and and the critical person is like, but it was so dumb when this and this and this. And the other person's like, yeah, I guess you're right. And they hide they hide that from, from the other person. Like, oh, oh I actually liked this. Oh. And then he, he finally admits at the end, like, no, I really liked that. And the person's like, oh, yeah, that's fine that you liked it. Like, you can like whatever you want, man. I'm just saying that I didn't like it. <laughs> and I think that's, like, how critics come off is, like, you either like this or you're stupid. And, uh, and that's, like, not how we actually mean it. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless you like Jurassic World. Well, oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, there it is. There it is. Okay. <laughs> Or in Corey's case, if you like Spider-Man 3. Yeah. yeah. I was in a lot of people's case. Yeah, that... <laughs> yeah. They're, they're wrong. So. <laughs> There's nothing redeemable about that film. Oh, man, it's so bad. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, anyway, awesome. Um, so I think, is, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Cool. Well, I guess we'll take a short break, and then we'll be back to talk about these four fun movies. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Right, 
we're back. All right, to talk about our four movies for our Valentine's Day on assignment. So, uh, lots of stuff. Who wants to go first? Oh, I think we need to do what we did last time. I was hoping that you were going to say that, because I was going to suggest it. Also, I liked on the last podcast how you could hear the noise. All right, everyone. (laughs) This is so fun. I'm green. Oh. I am your first. All right. All right. So for right. those of you who are just listening, um, <laughs> we use an app called Chwazi, C-H-W-A-Z-I, Chwazi. to choose who goes first. Um, it's an app we use in our board gaming a lot, mm-hmm. and it's really sweet. So you guys should download it. We're yeah. not sponsored by Chwazi. We just wanted to get the word out. Chwazi. Yeah. It's very convenient if you yeah, ever need fun. to pick someone first. Yep. Very I like nice. it. Okay, so should I do the movie that I watched first? Yes. Okay. So, um, if you guys were listening last time, Hannah chose the movie for me. Uh, I was about to say Casablanca. No, that's not right. <laughs> nope. Uh, chose the movie for me, Moulin Rouge, to watch, uh, and I had never, I had never seen it, and I was kind of surprised because I was like, oh, I didn't think like this style of movie or like even kind of the setting would appeal to you but then like you told me it was a musical and I was like oh okay that makes sense and (laughs) musicals can kind of like bring levity to sometimes you know darker material and it's not like the movie's like dark but you know it's just uh so I I was kind of like oh okay this will be very interesting and I remember being in school when this movie came out and it was like everybody was talking about Moulin Rouge it was a thing it was like oh have you seen that? It's so good. It's so awesome. But I never, I never really had because, in my mind, I somehow maybe missed that it was about a, like it was a musical, and so I was just like, oh, okay. So going into this, my expectations were kind of like, this is going to be interesting, kind of where it's set, and then like who is in it. Um, you know, Ewan McGregor. Um, <laughs> I I enjoy him. He's a great actor. He's so, good. so I was kind of like, "What? He's in this? He does musicals?" Now I don't remember your uh, response to this question on the last episode. Were you familiar with Baz Luhrmann's movies before that? Have no, you seen any of his no, movies? No, I haven't. Got it. So, so the casting was very interesting, and Nicole Kidman. I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, okay. This will this will be very interesting." And. Um, I remember you guys telling me about, like, the first, like, 15 minutes, how it's going to be very jarring and oh, weird. So bizarre. And I'd forgotten even how bizarre it was. We started watching it, and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> like a drug trip. Yeah, it was. I mean, because I know so much about that. <laughs> but they are taking shots of absinthe, so. Yeah, which is true, so they are But even before... Yeah, even before that, that, it's just very, like, it's very frenetic, a lot, like, of jump cuts, and then just a lot of just random things, like, weird, like, sound of music reference, (laughs) like, it's just, like, That's hilarious. Uh, just, like, how he comes to meet the, whatever they're called, the, the people of the, not the Renaissance, but the, the the Bohemians, the Bohemians, like, how he meets all them and everything, and then... The whole sequence, like, introducing uh, Moulin Rouge, and oh, it's so crazy. It smells like Teen Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> so I, for- good. I had forgotten about that, too. Man. 
and then, I've forgotten about a lot of things actually. And then that whole sequence, like the the kind of like misunderstanding, like bedroom sequence, and then like that turning into like the can can thing. It oh was, man. Like, Man, so it was, yeah, it was very <laughs> kind of crazy the first 15 minutes. I was like, what is going on? Like, is there going to be, like, a semblance of a plot? Like, It's hard to follow it in that yeah. first, like, 15, 20 mm-hmm. minutes, yeah. And so I was like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go. But then it kind of starts to even out, and then, like, you start seeing the framework for the plot. And um, I, I quite enjoyed it. Like, I was about halfway through the movie, and we're sitting there, and Hannah's just like, Every other minute, like, looking over, she's like, this was a bad choice. Why did I choose this? You, you probably hate this movie. And I was just sitting there, and I was like, there's a lot of weird kind of eclectic things that feel like they shouldn't work, but they do. Mm-hmm. And I like it. And it was really it was really cool because, obviously, they have a lot of original music in it, but then they also have stuff, like, interwoven with songs and stuff that I know so but so it was really cool to hear how they arrange things differently because you know it's like music is one of the things that I pick up on a lot like when I watch movies and so it was really cool like in this one to be like oh I kind of know that song um but then it's kind of done slightly differently or how they present it so um it was it was very interesting um but my verdict was I do like it so yeah yeah nice I, I enjoyed watching it again because it's been years and uh, yeah I did I did keep looking at Corey and <laughs> a little nervous to, it was very hard to read his face I was like oh man I shouldn't have picked this it's just a lot to process especially because it's kind of tragic yeah so, and I do like tragedies uh, yeah but I'm glad we didn't watch it like on down and kind of like the play with it like, <laughs> yeah yeah he's like oh, I don't know what to make this play about so just our real life circumstances mm-hmm. and just a lot of like you know like in the middle of it weird sequences like the like a virgin sequence oh man <laughs> like, <laughs> I was hoping that was gonna get brought up it comes out like so left weird. field like yeah. what so it's a really horrifying scene it is yeah. really weird it's like what is going on right here it's just like the different types of people music that they chose like oh and a Madonna song it's like yeah. what um, random yeah. I think you and I were talking about the concept of it's kind of like a play within the movie, mm-hmm. but the for the the way that they use oh, the yeah. play so much foreshadowing for like what is actually going on in the plot and oh, that's yeah. kind of trippy like how they're using that at the same time. So like even <clears> when <throat> they are coming up with the plot of the of the <laughs> spectacular spectacular off, you know <laughs> the seat of their pants like for the duke pitching it to him and it's this really bizarre scene but then the duke is he says and in the end should someone die yeah and they're like uh and then they just keep going on but it's i mean it's not i mean it's spoiler alert but (laughs) you know she's sick like the whole movie yeah so and then like the thing about you were telling me the other day about like Ewan McGregor. Yeah, like, he, yeah, he actually like weaves it into the plot that the the penniless sitar player is going to try to pay um, the courtesan. Yeah. And then he actually ends up doing that, and then he busts onto the stage and he throws the money at her. And, and he says like, the line that yeah, he, he says, "Thank you for curing me of my ridiculous obsession with love," and mm-hmm. then storms off the oh. I had forgotten how good it was. So there's a lot of, like, detail and, like, nuance that I really appreciated. I was like, oh, wow. 
So and Ewan can sing. Yeah, and he man, he's good. What? <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, that came out of nowhere. I mean, Nicole Kidman does a great job. I think Ewan is. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's yeah. He's, Elephant Love Medley. Yeah, so Solid. good. I had a friend in high school who was <laughs> so in love with this movie, and there was just a group of us for a while that were just in love with this movie. But every once in a while, she would just start Elephant Love Medley like out of nowhere. She'd just be like, "Love is a many splendid thing, love," and then someone would jump in and they'd do oh it the entire thing. <laughs> Hashtag so theater kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're some crazy bunch. And I think like I. I did like, even though it's tragic, I did kind of like the overall message and like the character arcs, like the growth, especially with uh, what's Nicole Kidman's Satine. Satine. I, I liked her arc. I think maybe the most, just of like she's been trained and conditioned by whatever the guy's name is. There, the Harold. Harold. No, her her pimp. Yeah. Essentially. In the, yeah, and in the Moulin Rouge, it's like you're worth only what people will pay for you. Oh yeah. yeah. And so, and like she can't really love. It's just kind of like she turns it on, she turns it off, she lies to people, <clears throat> and that like she actually falls in love and she she grows and like that one scene when they tell her that she's dying and she tells him, uh, she's like, I've learned how to love or some something to that effect of like where it's like she's making her own choice and it's not. Like, you've, you've told me this whole time, it's like, my worth comes from how much people will pay for me. Mm-hmm. And so for her to be like, but he loves me, and I'm going to choose to be with him. So I really like that, her character arc, a lot in it. So yeah. Even though it's tragic how the film ends, but I liked it. So It's good. Yeah. It's good stuff. Weird. I really <laughs> love John Leguizamo in this movie. He's so good. Is that the Duke? No, he's a little... Uh, Toulouse? Yeah. Uh, he's funny. Yeah. I don't I know actors' guy. names. He's awesome. He is funny. Yeah. But yeah, so it's a, it was a weird, weird choice, but I ended up liking it a lot. I'd love to go back and watch it again just to pick up more of the music, because I was mm-hmm. telling Hannah, it's like, it's really good music, but because so much of it is like interwoven, it's hard to just kind of like remember like, oh yeah, like... This song, because a lot of it is like mashups of other stuff mm-hmm. that I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, kind of that song, but it's other. So, but yeah, I liked it. I used to have the soundtrack, and it was stolen out of my car. Dang it! Along with a bag of peanut butter M and M's. Yep. <laughs> Side tangent, but. So well, anyway, who should uh, who should go next? I feel like I should just go in order, like right. this. The way that I pointed. Counterclockwise. All right. The clock goes... Hannah's next. Okay. Sorry, guys. I was, like, picturing a clock, and I was like, wait, whoa, what is going... So, anyway, yes, Hannah. I love it. Um, Yeah, so I was assigned the movie Forrest Gump. Oh, I'm so excited about this one. Which, uh, again, I guess was extremely shocking that I had never seen. Mm -hmm. So I was really looking forward to it, and I was not disappointed. Mm. I really enjoyed it. Um, Yeah, I... uh, Oh, man. I tried to, like, prepare what I was going to talk about on the thing, but I figured it was going to kind of... Everyone was going to have thoughts also, Mm -hmm. but... Um, 
again, I think the last podcast I mentioned that my biggest concern about Forrest Gump is always being a little bit nervous about watching actors portray different levels of mental disability because it can go very, very badly. Yeah. Um, and Tom Hanks, I mean, <laughs> it's Tom Hanks. He, big brother. He's amazing. So, yeah, he definitely delivered. He did a great job. Um, they don't, I mean, they don't talk specifically about what kind of of mental disability, like diagnosis mm-hmm. he would have. I'm not even sure at that time period there would have been a diagnosis mm-hmm. for him. Yeah, yeah, I think that's so, mainly why they don't talk right, about it yeah, at all. Just a little bit um, lower IQ and things like that. But I think he does a great job and he keeps this, uh, just this simple innocence about him. And mm-hmm. uh, I just love him. Tom Hanks just always <laughs> makes me fall in love with whatever character. And he's such a chameleon. Like it, yeah. it's like you forget it's Tom Hanks, and that's the mark of a really good actor. Actually, I think my theater teacher said that in high school. She said, the biggest compliment an actor can get is, I forgot it was you up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> and that's how I feel every time I watch Tom Hanks. So, just really good. Let me see what some of my favorite scenes were, and then I can talk about the bizarre ones. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> there are some bizarre there ones. some weird ones. Uh, I thought I was going to cry more. I did mm. not. I think I didn't tear up until at the very end when I get choked up even talking about oh, it. No. When um, Lieutenant Dan comes to the wedding and he's walking because mm. he's got the prosthetic. Mm. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, it's Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> he's here. Um, so that was really good. Yeah, it was and, a lot uh, more emotional watching Forrest Gump this time. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know if it was like the state I was in or California. Uh, <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, it makes you more emotional. Right? Um, but yeah, I really liked that scene. Um, and of course, his friend Bubba oh, is Bubba. hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's my dad's favorite character. So I've heard him talk about him before. He's like, okay. man, this guy just talks about shrimp the entire. Yeah. Yeah. I can see your dad being on board with that. This is so funny. Um, and then, of course, when he... <laughs> I, I loved the part... Because, you know, he's telling his life story to all of these different people on mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. bus bench. And so the part where the guy just starts laughing and walks away and is like, we've been sitting next to a millionaire or whatever and about his shrimping boat and the yeah. business and all of that. And then the old lady's like, I thought that was a wonderful story. He goes, do you want to see what Lieutenant Dan looks like? She says, sure. And he takes out, like, Fortune 500 <laughs> yeah. magazine and yeah. shows her. And she's, so I'm completely shocked. I just, it was just good. And the fact that he's, like, the cause of, like, every big world event. Yeah. yeah. Watergate and, that's, like. Yeah, that's yeah. really funny. Oh, it was good. He just shows up. Funny. And, and the way they, like, it was revolutionary at the time when they inserted him into all the historical yeah. footage uh-huh. like yeah. that was like a huge deal yeah. it's cool yeah yeah um especially because they do it so seamlessly and mm-hmm. like it was 1994 like that was really hard to do yeah yeah, yeah it's uh it's really good um what about the uh i know you might be getting to this but what about the main problem with the movie the love story with jenny jenny what yeah Jenny thinks she is. I was that a hard that was time my trying to read. That. I had I had some problems with Jenny, and I'm gonna I'm gonna express them. Let me see if I can do that. <laughs> I don't. Oh, Jenny. <laughs> okay, 
I want to love Jenny because she's clearly had a very, very traumatic life experience. Mm -hmm. Like, her father was abusive. Um, And that that scene where she and Forrest are kids and they run into the corn maze and she's like, pray with me, Forrest, and like, make me a bird so I can fly far. Oh, that's so Mm -hmm. heart-wrenching. But then the rest of it, so it kind of makes sense, the life path that she ends up on. I mean, that's fairly true to form, I think. Um, but, you know, she wants to be this actress. Mm-hmm. And then she gets, like, all caught up in in CD business and drugs. And, and I mean, bad well, relationships, yeah. One bad relationship after another. And, and it makes sense. However, she's always coming back to Forrest. And I feel like she's using him for a majority of the movie. Yes. Um, (laughs) For her, just like for the stability in her life. Yeah. And that, I don't know, it just breaks my heart. It would break my heart for anybody, but especially because of his mental disabilities and his innocence and how much he loves Mm -hmm. Jenny. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, it just feels completely despicable, like in a lot of moments and so I think for me it was really hard at the end what well especially when she slept with him and then peaced out yeah which again I feel like it's true to her character yeah it makes sense but it's just heartbreaking because of who <sighs> Forrest is and like knowing how like a lot of mental disabilities were it just ew, it just makes me and then he he has a lot of the innocence and like the the mental capacity of a child in a lot of ways yeah. and she is like a full grown adult woman and it's just anyone else have thoughts <laughs> yeah i mean the movie almost seems like jenny is a kind of a punching bag for the writer dealing with a past experience mm. they had like the movie seems really bitter towards someone in the creator's life uh-huh. yeah. is how i've always viewed that so yes you're right but it, it, it's always come across as like it's always stuck out as like a sore thumb because it feels so personal to who's writing it uh-huh. rather mm-hmm. than like something real that would happen, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, and I understand that the movie's in this heightened reality where he's the yeah. cause of every major. Yeah. 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 But that's the thing is like that part feels so specific. Yeah. That it's just like something happened to you, man. Yeah. Like, so deal yeah, like Jenny's story feelings. seems so like juxtaposed to mm-hmm. like Forrest because and then yeah. and then the one eighty that she makes at the end yeah. Yeah. Is so like really yeah and that seems like the wishful Forrest? thinking like I don't think that that I just don't think I mean I, they're trying to justify it by the fact that she got her life on track because she has a child which <clears> I was fully expecting that to be a trick and that it wasn't actually mm-hmm. Forrest's child and I was like what and then what? they don't address <laughs> it yeah. so I guess it is his. Yeah. I remember I thinking think. that same yeah. thing. Yeah, I was, I was like, like, no, this is not. When she was <laughs> like, he's yours, Forrest, I was like, oh, my butt, he's yours, Forrest. Get out! <laughs> what Corey a way, what like, a way to tell him. There. Yeah. yeah. This guy has, like, he's named after his the father. mental capacity of, yeah. I, I don't know, and you're just going to drop that bombshell. P.S. I have AIDS. He's your problem now. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Good gracious. And she probably gave him HIV. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I always thought that too. I was like, whoa. Uh, Is the sequel to this Philadelphia? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. And of course, you know, in that time period, they didn't know what HIV was and they probably didn't fully understand that it was sexually transmitted and all of that. So that's, and the accurate, baby probably has it probably, too. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's just, oh, it's just sad. 
sad. Yeah. It's sort of supposed to have this uplifting ending between him and Forrest Jr., but I just couldn't help but think y- y'all are probably really sick, and I didn't feel like... I I was like, does Jenny... I want to believe that Jenny really loved Forrest, and I think she did yeah. in the only way that she knew how to, yeah. but then when she actually <laughs> married him, I didn't really feel like it was fully deserved, and I was like, do you really love him and want to marry him, or are you just after the stability for you in your last days and your yeah. son? Mm-hmm. So, but that's probably what they were going for. The Which question. Yeah. still be true to her character, but I mean, I feel like despite the whole Jenny arc, I still think Forrest Gump holds up oh, yeah. very yeah, well. It's really good. I, and even with Jenny, I feel like I, mean, yeah. I don't like Jenny, but I don't think you're supposed to like Jenny. And yeah. I mean, like, no. she's, yeah, I mean, she, yeah, she's written really weird. But I mean, like, her screen time isn't, like, so much that yeah. completely pulls me out of the movie. It's like, okay, here's Jenny again for, like, ten minutes. Okay, and Forrest, like, I wonder what Jenny's doing. And so you see her for, like, five minutes. But it's not, like, I don't know. I don't, it doesn't like break the movie for me, so. I think she does love Forrest. Yeah, I think she does in the only way like she can, you know, kind of in her. I just don't think that she, yeah, for most of the movie, I don't think she knows how to love, which which, is accurate with the way that she was brought up and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, I really liked it. I would like to watch it again. We picked some kind of semi-tragic movies to watch. Yeah. Yeah. We had to space them out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of tragic. Oh, no. Oh, no. Kristen. Here we and go. I got the only, like, happy movie. Yeah, I got the only lunch. comedy in the bunch. Woo. We started, like, kind of, like, low already, and then we've just kind of, I guess, kind of gone up, and we're coming back down with Kristen. <laughs> I mean, so I am going to start off and go ahead and say I did like The Fisher King. Um, that so was the do you kind of want to set that one up? Because I feel like that's the one people are least familiar yeah. with. Um, it's a movie from the 90s? Mm-hmm. 1991. Okay. And uh, it had uh, Robin Williams and Jeff Bridges were the main people and a bunch of other people I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about this guy who's this hotshot radio I mean, the typical, like, the very stereotypical guy that's just like, I'm a super jerk, and I'm on the radio making fun of all these people (laughs) Uh, in my crazy radio voice that I can't do. But uh, he is just a jerk to everyone, and he ends up, spoilers, I guess, he ends up saying something to someone that caused that person to snap and shoot up a restaurant. Oh. oh. Yes. All right, then. Um, so... Sentences going places I didn't think <laughs> Oh, every time this movie is mentioned. So he, um, he was about to, like, hit it off and go really big and get, like, a sitcom and stuff, and he gets fired, and he kind of becomes a deadbeat for a while, um, living with this semi-girlfriend person that he never can't actually say that he loves her ever the whole time he's with her um and then he uh just becomes like the super alcoholic and like kind of lives at home but i never see him at home he's kind of homeless but not like he has a place to go but he just well they get into a fight and he's like well fine you don't even want me here and he leaves yeah And so he happens upon and uh, 
actually is saved by uh, Robin Williams, Mm -hmm. who is a homeless person. And um, he's pretty crazy. Definitely schizophrenic. Mm -hmm. Um, Schizophrenic with, uh, I would say, full-on like delusions and and stuff Mm -hmm. so it's not just schizophrenia yeah but uh and they kind of start this weird relationship because he finds out that the reason he's kind of like that is because his wife died when someone shot up a restaurant oh (laughs) so jeff bridges feels super guilty and is like trying to give him money and stuff, but, like, Robin Williams just gives it to someone else, and she's like, why do I need it? And his whole thing is he's super delusional and thinks that he's a knight and that his his quest is to find the Holy Grail, which he believes is at this billionaire's house on Fifth Avenue because of a picture that the guy took in his office, and he has, like, a trophy behind him. Mm-hmm. And he thinks the trophy is the mm-hmm. Holy Grail. Yes. So... It, like, has these ups and downs where, like, Jeff Bridges is trying not to, like, care about him, but trying to get rid of him as a guilt in his mind, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, I was trying to explain this to MJ because this is just a very not modern movie. Um, I think if it were a modern movie, it would have focused a lot on Robin Williams and it would have been the life story of like a homeless person who had had this tragedy in his life and like went on the road to getting better. Um, But there's also this weird other story about Jeff Bridges kind of going from this crazy jerk to like a person who finds out that he can care about people. Mm-hmm. But it never focuses really on one of them. It always um, has them kind of in parallel, um, kind of moving along yeah. at the same rate. And it's never, like, you never have a main character. It's always two main characters. Hmm. So, yeah. And then Jeff Bridges thinks that it's a good idea to set him up with someone. Like, if he had a date, oh, then, gracious. you know. Well... <laughs> Robin Williams is kind of her stalker, so then, like, Jeff Bridges, like, invites her to a video store that he pretends that Robin Williams works at. Oh, God. Oh, no. They said they go on this double date with his crazy, weird kind of girlfriend, (laughs) and Robin Williams and this girl that Robin Williams was stalking... And then they weirdly hit it off, and, like, they're crazy with each other, and she's super crazy. Oh. Williams is super crazy. (laughs) Um, But what ends up happening, I mean, in the long run, is that uh, Robin Williams has a major, major regression. Um, In fact, when his wife died, he was in a catatonic state, and... He has this major regression back into a catatonic state through various things that, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't have time to explain. (laughs) And uh, Jeff Bridges decides that the only way to get him out of that catatonic state is to go get that exact holy Holy grail. (laughs) So he does it. And it gets him out of the catatonic state. And... uh, the greatest part was that he gets out of the catatonic state and Jeff Bridges just kind of like laying on him going like, I just broke into this place and now I'm exhausted. 
And uh, Robin Williams very sweetly and quietly goes, "I miss her. Is it okay if I miss if is it okay if I miss her now?" And it's just like he finally comes to terms with the fact that his wife died, and he um, gets the girl, and it ends. It ends with Jeff Bridges and Robin Williams laying naked in the middle of a park, looking at the clouds. Oh, he has Robin Williams is full frontal in this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh. I want to say they do a very good job at shadowing his junk so that you don't see it a whole lot. (laughs) So it's mostly in shadow. Mostly. (laughs) Yes. Oh, wow. Not always, but mostly. Again, not where I thought that sentence was going. No. Um, but over, like, so, you don't feel super, super strong emotional ties with either of them, but it's also a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel that like... sounds it, intriguing. Yeah. I feel like instead of giving you a very specific person to like and kind of manipulating your emotions in the way that they want you to, yeah, they kind of just go, here's a story, we're laying it all out for you, and you can decide what you think about it. Yeah. And I think 25 years removed from the fact, and the the fact that we've lost Robin Williams, obviously, yeah. you're endeared to them based on who they are as, as yeah. their personas. Like, I love Jeff Bridges, and I love Robin Williams, so, like, base level, I'm going to be rooting for them because I love them, and I love their work. Yeah. So... Right. And Robin Williams is just... Ah, gosh, that guy's just so endearing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yes. Just always. And so it was, like, it was, like, bittersweet to see him again. It's one of the... It's the first Robin Williams movie we've watched, or that I've watched, at least, since he died, with the exception of the night he died, we watched Jumanji. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then started watching the clip of You Ain't Never Had a Friend Like Me, but then we started crying, so yep. we turned it off. <laughs> um, but, so this was the first movie I'd seen with him in it since, and I, gosh, that guy was just a powerhouse actor. And Yeah, and it was a very dramatic role, too. Yeah, yeah, a super dramatic role, and he's so good and he got nominated for an oscar which i was happy to see um i'm just gonna say one thing real quick and i think hannah if you guys ever watch this that you're gonna have a hard time with it oh i probably will yeah the whole time (laughs) the whole time i had such a major anxiety that something bad was gonna happen to robin williams i mean Mm -hmm. obviously it ends up happening but i thought it was gonna be way worse but I'm just like, he's so sweet and, like, innocent, and they're just going to destroy him in this movie. So, just yes. so you know, I had a major anxiety throughout the entire movie oh. about that. It's tough. You're like, when is that going to happen? Yeah. Like, um, yeah. Um, also, Robin Williams, most endearing stalker ever committed to. <laughs> like, you totally are just, like, yeah. okay with him stalking this woman, and it's weird. <laughs> it's really weird, because you're like, he's stalking him, her, but... I'm okay with it because he's so adorable. Well, because he's not doing it to be a creep. He's doing it because he's like a knight and like he thinks right. that he's trying that to pursue she's... the damsel. Yeah. yeah, and like the thing is, he even tells her. Like he ends up admitting it to her because she's just like, "You're just gonna sleep with me and then leave, and you don't care about me." And he's like, "No, listen." I know exactly what you do. I know, like, he's like, but in an acute way, he's like, I know that every time you, (laughs) that every other day you go to the, and get a book and stuff like that from the bookstore. And she's just like, wow. Like, it is super creepy. (laughs) But at the same time, she's also kind of crazy. And she's just like, 
you love me. Well, and also no. he sells the crap out of it, yeah. man, which just goes to prove, like, you know, writing can be as horrible. It's not horribly written, but writing can be, like, super bad. But if you have a good actor, like, it can increase the, like, the yeah. quality of that poor writing by leaps and bounds, man. Like, Rob Williams just sells all the stalking and all yeah. the admission of stalking to a point where you're like, I'm totally fine with this, even though I'm <laughs> totally not fine with yeah. this. Yeah. Well, because he basically sells the fact that he's innocent. He's not trying to hurt her. Yeah. He's not... Like, mm-hmm. his intentions were good, and he sells that his intentions are good to us, and he sells that his intentions were good to her. Also. Yeah. And at the same time, the movie isn't like, this is how you should approach romance, either. <laughs> like, yeah. The movie very much is, like, it does take a stance of, like, yeah, this isn't, like, the best thing you could do to yeah. another person. But he also sells it to where, like, it's very, it's very like, adorable and cute, which is yeah. really, like, cool that he was able to do it, but really strange. Yeah. It's a very strange movie. It is. Um, it's more along the, not as Mulan Rougie, but a little bit surreal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm intrigued. Yeah. I It was my second time ever seeing the movie. I watched it in high school because my dad had told me to watch it, and we rented it on VHS. Oh, oh man. And the copy I have is actually from uh, Hollywood Video, nice. and I bought it while they were going out of business, and that disc is brand new because no one's ever heard of this <laughs> movie. But it's, man, it's good. Um, and I appreciated it way more as an adult, like, yeah. much like Casablanca. Like, I was able to pick up on a lot more of the stuff yeah. that's going on. And, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's good. Sweet. Solid. Movie. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I had Sense and Sensibility, which is so a 1995, oh, I don't know. 1994 <laughs> movie, yeah. uh, which is an adaptation of the Jane Austen novel, uh, by the same name, and it was written by Emma Thompson, mm-hmm. and uh, 1995. All right. Written by Emma Thompson, who also stars in it, which um, I have something funny to say about that later. Uh, and directed by Ang Lee. And like I said in the last episode, I hate Ang Lee. I <laughs> do not like that man's movies. He is responsible for The Hulk. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> the first one. The first one. And Life of Pi. Never Which I don't know if you guys saw, but we watched and relentlessly made fun of. Oh, Skipped all the Oscars, though. Yeah, sure did. Don't know why. For no reason. Don't know why. It was so. Other than it was quote unquote deep. Ah, uh, man. It was so <laughs> boring. Oscars. Yeah. Ugh. Awful. Um, <laughs> it's such a bad movie. But I was open to it, especially like knowing Emma Thompson had written it. She, Hannah and I have this in common. She's our favorite actress. She's and really good. She's so good. But I thought it was hilarious that she cast herself in the role that gets Hugh Grant at the end. Uh, I mean, oh, she I does fact like about that, but never mind. Um, share? Yeah. Oh, uh, Emma Thompson's actual husband is mm. Willoughby. Oh, okay. fact. Nice. Got I think it. they met on the set of that movie, though. Got it. I couldn't take that dude's sideburn series. Uh, I could not either. <laughs> um, <laughs> kind of weird. Yep. Uh, anyway, so it's about a group of sisters mm-hmm. who are um, heaved from their residence <laughs> because their uh, stepfather dies. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, their stepfather dies. And so they have to move to uh, a new spot, and it's much smaller. They were living in this huge mansion. And it's just kind of them adjusting to life there and also uh, trying to find love 
and stuff. And the sisters are Kate Winslet and Emma Thompson and a, a little, little girl. Child. <laughs> um, <laughs> not in the book. Uh, oh, right? really? I, don't I think. didn't know. I can't. It's been a while. Since yeah, it's I've been. Read it. I've watched the movie more recently than yeah. read the book oh. for sure. I can't remember. Never yeah. Mind. And the, the movie, what I like about the movie, and I, I haven't read the book, so I'm not super familiar with the story as a whole, but the movie kind of starts as this romance between Emma Thompson and Hugh Grant, and that all happens while they're still living in the mansion, and then they move to this cottage, and it sort of switches focus for a really long time yeah. to this romance between Kate Winslet and Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson's future husband, played uh, by uh, yeah. some Will- guy. Yeah, uh, the character's mm-hmm. name is Willoughby. And it's sort of like those two, Alan Rickman and Willoughby, vying for her affection. Mm-hmm. And that's like the bulk of the later part of the movie, and it kind of all... Uh, comes back around and, and all those threads kind of tie up and yeah. and all those things get solved. And I really liked the structure of it. I thought they did a really good job. I don't know if the book is structured similarly, but I, I think, thought yeah, it yeah. is. I thought it was a really brilliant structure um for it because it it shifted focus enough to keep my interest, which those sort of period PC stuff, like I I don't know how many of those things I've seen, so I don't know if I'm, like, disinterested in them. But I feel like it, they can be very dry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sometimes. And this yeah. was, like, there was always something new happening. You know, yeah. there was always a new focus. And I liked that a lot. I thought there was some brilliant visual storytelling in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the way he transitions which character is going to be the focus is genius. Um, when when they're first getting to the cottage that they're moving into, it's mostly been Emma Thompson's story to this point. And... As they're walking up to the cottage, Kate Winslet breaks away, like, really far ahead of the group, and the camera follows her, and she's the first one into the cottage, and she's the first one exploring it, and we're seeing all of it from her perspective. And it's kind of this visual cue, like, okay, this is her story now. Mm -hmm. And so that, from when they're in the cottage, it becomes her story. And there's, like, a couple moments where um, Emma Thompson and Kate Winslet are talking about Willoughby and... You know, he kind of runs out on her mm-hmm. very quickly, and the the camera is... Uh, oh, no, I'm lying. They're talking about Hugh Grant's character. Uh, and okay. because he it was supposed to show up and meet them at the cottage, yeah, yeah, but yeah. he didn't. He had to go to London. And so she's talking to Kate Winslet about that because he sent this atlas that he's promised for the, the child, the little child. And they're kind of talking about it, and Emma Thompson's, like, disappointed because she thought there was something cool happening. And the camera is framed in the doorway, and it dollies back until... Uh, the, it's it's in the doorway of their dining room, and it dollies back until you can also see the doorway of their front door. Mm-hmm. And you think Hugh Grant's going to burst in and just give <laughs> this, like, grand, like, declaration of his romance, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't happen. Yeah. And so it just, like... It, like, plays with your expectations like that, and I really, really like that. Um, also, it's brilliantly written. Uh, the dialogue is so smart. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. it's really well-written. Well um, <laughs> and super well-performed. Like, it's got a who's who of actors in it. Um, yeah, for sure. Hugh Laurie is great in it. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. 
He on the page. (laughs) (laughs) On the page, I I feel like that guy reads as very one note. Like that character can read as very just like, oh, he kind of hates his wife. What else is he gonna do? She's crazy. Yes. Um, So he's just always making like really snide comments to her. And you're Uh, like, this guy's not like really a real character. Like he's just there to make like hateful comments to his wife. But then like when other drama starts happening, he's like, he like feels sorry for the people and like he brings nuance to the performance. And I think those are all choices Hugh Laurie made because Hugh Laurie's a good actor. I don't know if they were necessarily there on the page. Um, But yeah, I liked his performance a lot. I mean, Alan Rickman... We talked about this last week. You know, Robin Williams is one of the greats, and Alan Rickman is one of the greats, and man, do I miss both those guys. Having watched those movies on back-to-back nights, like, oh gosh, Alan Rickman's so good. Yeah, he is. Um, You know, in the scene where... One of the one of the, the things that keeps popping up is Kate Winslet likes hearing people read poetry, and uh, <laughs> Willoughby reads poetry. <laughs> Willoughby reads poetry to her, and it's the cheeseballiest cheeseball yeah. thing I've ever yeah. seen. Um, Hugh Grant reads it at one point, and I thought he was fine, yeah. and she's like, "There's no passion in it." Um, <laughs> I mean, he just reads. It's pretty flat. Yeah, I mean, it. I, it was fine, but. And then Alan Rickman reads to her, and I was just like, oh, is the rest of the movie this? Because I would be (laughs) down. If Alan Rickman... If you can make me fall in love with a character who plays Severus Snape so well... Well, I also felt like... At a certain point, I was like, does this become the Snape origin story? Because there's a certain point where you feel like Kate Winslet's going to die. And I was like, he's just like, well, of course I'm going to learn magic and be really mean. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone I love dies. It only makes sense. Kate Winslet is actually Lily Potter. Uh, Yep. No, not even that. I thought in my brain it was a separate case. Oh, a separate case. Yeah, like Lily had died. And then he was like, maybe I can find love again. And then it was Kate Winslet and she died. And he's like, F it. <laughs> oh no! Uh, he's so good. Yeah, so yeah. he's super good in it. Um, Emma Thompson is—I mean, she's incredible. Yeah. Um, Kate Winslet is someone I always forget is a really good actress. Yeah, she is really good. Yeah. She's so good. And this is pre-Titanic, I think, mm-hmm. just before. Um, I think they came out the same year, and mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how long it's been since you guys have seen Titanic, but she's really good in that movie. Yeah. Her and Leo are both really good in that movie, and. I think it's she's one of those actresses that you kind of forget she's really good. Um, so, yeah, it was. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, it's the best Ang Lee movie I've ever seen, for sure. <laughs> for sure. And I think it's because he's uh, Chinese. Is he Chinese? Oh. I have no idea. I mean, I don't know. Oh, he's uh, Taiwanese. Okay. okay. He's from Taiwan. And... Uh, a lot of Asian cinema has these not Western sensibilities to it, obviously. And I think that uh, while Sense and Sensibility is super Western because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, English period piece stuff, mm-hmm. I think that kind of um, Asian cinema tends to be kind of meandering and um, almost meditative. Like, it's it's kind of just like, here's some spots of a person's life and then credits. <laughs> and Sense and Sensibility kind of is that. Like, there are big events that do happen. Um, but it's also just, like, here's kind of the story of these three sisters. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I like I said, I really like the, the way it's shifted focus. Because it starts out about this 
guy's son, and he gets the mansion, and then it becomes about Emma Thompson, and it becomes about Kate Winslet, and then it all kind of comes full circle, and, um, you know, all the stuff, like, they have to go to London, but because traveling was so hard back then, they go to London for, like, a really long time, Mm -hmm. and so, like, all the stuff there is super interesting, and then they come back, and kind of wrap everything up and he's still playing with your expectations because the movie ends where Hugh Grant does come back to Emma Thompson and is like best scene in (laughs) a lot of cinema and is just like oh yeah like my the woman I've been engaged to for five years left me for my brother so I love you now and he always loved her yeah yeah it was just that he was engaged elsewhere yeah Uh, quite literally Uh and uh so he he like comes back and it's like they're gonna get married and so there's this wedding scene and you think they're gonna get married and then out walk Alan Rickman and Kate yeah. Winslet and they're the ones getting married in that last scene <sighs> and so it just, there's just like fun stuff like that but I don't yeah. think like I don't think Ang Lee's ever been that playful mm. since and I, I really liked that um, and the go ahead no I, I need <laughs> you to finish because I have an I need to share my experience with yeah. you okay. about this so <laughs> and um, I, I also really liked in London when because I, I feel like a lot of this could be handled very soap opera-y because it all kind of sounds like it but the movie's Jane Austen in general yeah, yeah the movie's very not soap opera-y like it's soap opera stuff that happens and I mentioned that but I was like man they're like selling it really yeah. well mm-hmm. um, especially when Hugh Grant finds out that the woman he's been engaged to knows Emma Thompson has become like really good friends with her. <laughs> like that scene was so vicious. That like, scene the... when he walks in is so it's good. So good. He's just like, oh yeah. yeah. And Corey, you and I just talked <laughs> and about she this. Says, I'm sorry. And she says, perhaps you think that men don't keep their engagements no matter how great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all the one-liners. Just yeah. I need to go watch this movie. <laughs> Corey, something we had just talked about, because I Man from Uncle was in my top mm-hmm. five, and Hugh Grant, man, yeah. Hugh Grant's such a good actor. Yeah, he He's is. so good. <laughs> I'm so, like I'm campaigning even harder, bring Hugh Grant back. Like let's get it that guy like in more stuff. A I hope so, man. He's I hope really so. Good. He's such <laughs> a good actor in this movie. And yeah, I just want Hugh Grant in more things. Okay, can I just tell you about my experience watching this with MJ? Uh, I was so worried because, you know, I mean, the stereotype is like guys aren't super into this kind of a thing. And I've had Mm -hmm. experiences where I've tried to show it to guys and they're like, nah, I'm good. So So I was like kind of nervous that I picked it, but I was like, let's do it. And then I knew it was going to be fine because the see, the movie starts with the son. I mean, it starts with the dad dying, but then mm-hmm. he gives it all to his son and his wife slowly and super stupidly <laughs> just her. convinces oh. him to not give his sisters anything. Like, very incrementally, too. Yeah. Like... like They'd be. What's the last line he says? She says something like, "They'd be better. They'd be better off to give you yeah. something." Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I was like doing my own fuming, and then I'm just like, "This beezy." <laughs> I was like, "Yes." I was like, "You're into it. You understand the character nuances." Well, there was a point where like Emma Thompson was like sewing or something, mm-hmm. and. Uh, the the sister lady yeah. said something to her 
And I was just like, so why hasn't Emma Thompson just driven those scissors into her throat? Yeah, right. <laughs> Decorum, MJ. Yeah. And Emma Thompson is sense and yeah, Kate Winslet is sensibility. Yes. So the yeah. feeling yes. and the logical yes. restrainedness and... Yeah. 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 Kate so, Winslet would probably stab some scissors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If she could get away with it. I would have been fine with that. I would have told if that would have happened in the movie, I would have just liked it more. Like, yeah. yeah. So the whole time she like come up and Yeah. So the whole time uh MJ was just super into like the drama of it too. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it is I mean the action, the plot is super soap soap opera y and it was just fun to watch you be like into it and be like, oh my gosh, why the heck? And like when the scene with Hugh Laurie fighting uh, not Hugh Laurie, Hugh Grant, my bad, mixing up the Hughes. All the Hughes. Um when he finds out that his two of the ladies he's involved with are sitting Such in the room. Such a good scene. That's a really great scene. It was just, yeah. And he won't sit down. Yeah. 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 So he sits down he, for like a second yeah, and then he's like, this is like, too like, awkward. No, no, I'm I out. Can't. He's like, what do I do? What do I say? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I, oh, that scene. <laughs> I, I liked when, I mean, to toot my own horn, I guess, I liked what I said about Willoughby, where he was just like, calm down, man, you're in danger of eating your own sideburns. <laughs> yeah. Because they, like, go so far towards his mouth. Yeah. It does. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. It was very fun to to watch it with you because it was just, it was great to see someone watch it for the first time and just, like, get it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Corey when he watched it for the first time. How many times have you guys seen this movie? So many times. So many times because it was one of the movies that and Emma and some other stuff were was stuff that was kind of constantly on at the Dyers because Mm -hmm. of Kathy. Okay. And so I'd watch it from time to time and then I finally bought it for myself. Yeah. (laughs) A lot. So good. Yeah, I also think one of the things Ang Lee does that's really smart is I think a lot of these Victorian like movies like this era, they can get a little show offy in terms of like look at how pretty these costumes are. Here's mm-hmm. like a ten minute dance scene, and it's like you just added ten unnecessary minutes to your freaking movie. <laughs> and I think the movie shows off the period without like fully going into like crazy huge spectacle mm-hmm. of it, which helps because. The the plot is so dense that he you really need to keep that moving forward yeah. Yeah. to keep people invested and to keep like I had to pause it several times and be like okay this person's this person and this person's related to this person oh yeah. they're not related oh okay yeah. so that like all of that needed needed to be moving forward and so I think any pausing to be like here's a giant ball scene with like a huge dance number like even in the dance number in this movie which it does have they keep the plot moving yep, forward like there's talking. dialogue and I feel like a lot of them like uh, I don't know if you guys saw the Anna Karenina that came out within mm-hmm. the last couple of years that one was just like there's a huge dance number in that movie and it was just like to basically to get a costume design Oscar oh, nomination no. <laughs> like mm-hmm. and I think a lot of those movies tend to do that and yeah. this one didn't and uh, I appreciated that yeah no. oh gosh now I gotta go watch that movie <laughs> you do love that movie I love that movie it's, it's really my, good man. it is really good a lot of the time if you're not doing anything, it's like, oh, is Corey here? I'm going to put on Sense and Sensibility. <laughs> you watch it with me. No, I know. I do like my it. My mom watches it when my dad's not home. Every time my dad like, he is shuts gone it down. for a while, <laughs> she's like, 
yes, sensibility, because <laughs> he refuses to watch it. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I keep telling him, I think he'd really like I it. I think so, too, mainly because he's Hugh Laurie. Yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. But it is very, like, very dialogue-heavy. And yeah. it's really quick. To, like, it's so fast. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, it would help to have subtitles on sometimes, yeah. you know, yeah. just because, like, they are... Yeah, I mean, kind of like moves, with Casablanca man. last night. It's like yeah. there's so much talking, yeah. and yeah. it's very fast. And if you're not paying attention, you miss all uh, the jokes very cru- because that the crucial and stuff. crucial yeah. plots. Yeah, it's two hours and sixty minutes mm-hmm. of talking. Yeah, like, yeah. it's so long. Um, it doesn't feel like that. I mean, it feels like that, but not in a bad way. Yeah, like yeah. it feels meaty, but it, like none of it's fat. You know, yeah. there's no fat on the yeah. on the piece. So I like that. Yeah, it's a good movie. I think we all liked our movies, which is cool. Yeah. Yay! Yay. Yeah. That's awesome. Sweet. That's good. Is that it? I think, yeah. (laughs) Anyone else? Anyone? Bueller? Oh, I was going to say, fun fact about Sense and Sensibility. Sorry, I really love this movie. Kate Winslet actually lied about her age to get that role. I did know about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think she was 16. Mm -hmm. And... She was supposed to be 18. Man. Yeah. That's awesome. She wouldn't have been able to be cast because of child labor laws or something. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Fun fact. There you go. Good stuff. All right. Well, Mm -hmm. you can find us on Facebook. um, Find us on SoundCloud, the Before and After Show. Subscribe on SoundCloud. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review. That helps get our rankings up. Uh, Five stars preferred, but it doesn't have to be if you hate us. Um, (laughs) You know you like us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, follow email us on Twitter. Show. Yeah, yeah. E- email the show before mm-hmm. and after show at uh, at gmail.com. Yep. Um, follow us on Twitter at before and after pod. That's at before the letter N after pod. Corey, you're on Twitter. Yes, I am. What's your handle? It is uh, <laughs> why are you cat in the hat 49 <laughs> at cat in the hat 49. I love Dr. Yeah. Seuss, I love cat in the hat. There so, you go. Yeah, um, right. mine's coming. I haven't started mine yet, but I will. Film, film crit Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> film crit Batman. Well, excuse me. So yes, film crit, <laughs> at film crit Batman. Yeah. Every review is going to mention my dead parents. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm parents aren't dead. They're not. They're very much alive. Yes. Uh, but Batman's are, and if I'm writing from the perspective of Batman, yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, that's not going to be my thing, you guys. That's not going to be my thing at all. Um, yeah, until next time, go watch something you like. Yeah. Yeah. Cloverfield. Makana-san. Makana-san. <laughs> <laughs>